Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself. And for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Let me ask you this. Have you ever had a completely pointless memory? Something so vivid and yet so inconsequential that you wonder why it even exists at all. You know, sometimes it feels like our brains kind of pick out what to retain and what to discard at random. You might forget the name of someone who just introduced themselves to you, but you hold on to the memory of playing with a toy from kindergarten, even though that was decades ago. There can't be some deeper meaning to every single moment of banality that we hold. And yet, somehow there is. What do you think would happen if you dug into one of those memories? You know, one of those innocuous, meaningless bits of detritus that are just rolling around in your head. And what if you dug way too deep? For no good reason other than to satisfy your own curiosity. Even if you were the only person in the world with that memory. What would you find? I'm Craig, and this is Prank of the Year. Now, the prank of the year. And savage it is, too. On closer inspection, a delight becomes a fright for the phone company. I'm really disappointed about the whole thing. Now look at this. Look carefully. T-E-L-E-C-O-M, telecom, and S-U-X, sex. Oh, yes. Ain't nothing to work out. Ain't nothing to know. So here's what happened. I must have walked over that metal access plate between the bus stop and the office a thousand times, and I'd never given it a moment's attention beyond hearing that kind of thunk thunk noise as the aging hatch kind of shifted under my weight. But for whatever reason, that one day, I just happened to look down and saw it. There, embossed on the steel, two dots and a curved line going in between them. The logo of a company that no longer exists. Clear Communications. 
the image of that logo. It triggered something in me. And during the rest of my walk from the bus stop to the office, it emerged from the fog. I remembered a time many, many years ago. I was sitting in my childhood lounge. I was probably wearing pyjamas. My mum was probably getting my little brother ready for bed. It must have still been light outside. I think I was probably waiting for an episode of The Simpsons to start. I knew that it was close to Christmas, but I don't remember a Christmas tree. What I do remember with clarity was what was on the TV. It was Paul Holmes, the veteran broadcaster. He was closing out his show for the night with a final piece. You know, it was a fluff piece, really. A story about a Christmas card. Christmas card sent out by the telecommunications giant Telecom NZ to all of its customers and clients. The front of the card featured a painted scene, a landscape. I don't remember the full details of what it looked like, but I do remember greens and browns, maybe a sliver of sky, perhaps it was at a beach with some mountains. But I remembered with clarity the close-up. Holmes was highlighting two particular sections of the, of the painting. A subtly rendered image of Claire's logo and a line of text hidden amongst the blade of grass with a secret message. Telecom sucks. And there it was. A 30-second slice of my childhood just came flooding back as soon as I saw that logo. So when I got to the office, I did what any person in front of a computer would do. I googled it. Five minutes later, I'd come to a realization. There was nothing online about this event at all. It was forgotten. And this left me with two choices. Do I forget about it too? And let it just be a weird memory that only I seem to remember? Or do I make the decision to devote too much of my already busy life to investigating a 30-year-old piece of current affairs filler? By lunchtime, I'd made my choice. Okay, uh, so we are recording. Um, I'm hanging out with my friend Luke. We've known each other for years, and we've been looking for a project to work on together. A few minutes prior to this conversation, I pitched him the idea about the telecom Christmas card. I dig the obscurity of this. I really do. And I think it's compelling. If it's like a whodunit true crime thing, we're not going to find anything about it. No one gives a shit about this. Well, I give a shit about it. <laughs> I mean, it's... There's a reason I remembered it, I guess. You know, it's, it's important to me. I'm, and it's like, it's one of those weird things. You know, I mean, I listen to a lot of podcasts, right? And I love, I, I do like a true crime podcast. But my favorite genre of true crime is like just the, not, not murders, not, you know, abductions or anything, you know, real serious. Just real quirky low stakes shit you know like just stuff that nobody nothing more low stakes than this man <laughs> i don't know i just i just really dig that and i think this is something that like you know i've been thinking about a little bit and i don't know i think it i think it could be fun i don't, don't look don't get me wrong we're doing this <laughs> um <laughs> firm commitment man i i just want to know what we're doing <laughs> um i i guess 
the angle that springs into my head is that everyone must remember something that, like, they have this thing in their head and they go, oh, why the hell have I kept that? Um, yeah. And maybe hearing you try and answer that question or, or you know, at least try and understand that thing yeah. is what's... Comp- I know it's compelling. I know it's compelling because I'm interested and I want to do it. But mm. We just go on this journey and we just... You know, we find as much information as we can. Um, either we find a we find an answer that's satisfying or unsatisfying, or we just make it a bit of a journey. <laughs> you know, let's do it. Yeah, man. So Luke was on board, but he'd raised a good question here. What was the deal with this random memory? At a very cellular level, memory is a process. Memories are formed by a process of retuning the way that neurons talk to each other. I'm chatting to Professor Marion Gary from the University of Waikato School of Psychology. Professor Gary is also the director of Gary Lab, an institute that researches how memory works. If anyone can help me understand why I might have held onto this memory from my childhood, when I often forget to pick up milk, it's Professor Gary. And during that time, what we think is happening is that information is moving, uh, getting distributed around your brain from one sort of localized parts of your brain to other more distributed parts of your brain. During this process, which could go on for a really long time, you're also gaining access possibly, particularly if a memory is important or something that you're going to think about for a while, talk about with others. You're undergoing this process we call rehearsal. So I was thinking about it, bringing it to mind, gaining access possibly to new information that might be correct or, or not correct. And that also can get uh, basically attached to that, to that memory. And, you know, memories have to update because if they didn't, we, we would be dead. So it's not just that. It's, it's actually quite an adaptive functional process. So if you were like Fred Flintstone and when the next the next time you saw a t- saber-toothed tiger, if you had to sit there and go, "Oh, that thing. What have I learned about that thing?" right? I mean, you would be dead. Mm-hmm. So really what's more efficient is that you just take all the things you've learned about the saber-toothed tiger and sort of mash them together into some kind of generic memory or a, a guiding principle or you know, you know? So mm-hmm. memory is not really very good at being like a photo album, yeah. you know? It, it's this rigid sort of fixed memory is not how we've evolved. It's, it's not good to be like that. And the fact that we place a real premium on the accuracy of memories and talk about it as though it's our identity and why is this weird thing happening and why is my childhood, why am I remembering this weird thing from my childhood? That's like the side hustle of memory, okay. right? Because its primary purpose is to keep you from being killed so you can reproduce. (laughs) This was something I hadn't ever considered. If the memories we retain are important to us on some level, then what did it say about me that I remembered this particular story from the Holmes show? For anyone who doesn't know, Holmes was a 30-minute current affairs show that ran from 1989 until 2004, on New Zealand state-owned broadcaster TVNZ. It was hosted by the eponymous Paul Holmes, 
a veteran journalist, presenter, and TV personality who had courted his fair share of controversy over the years. In 1992, he hosted a notorious interview with America's Cup captain Dennis Connor, who took exception to Holmes's line of questioning and famously walked out of the studio mid-interview. In September 2003, as a radio talkback host, Holmes was vilified in the press after a racially charged description of then-UN Secretary-General Kofi Annan. But despite his sometimes controversial stances, Holmes was widely respected in the media industry. He was awarded a knighthood in 2013 for his services to broadcasting, and he passed away just two weeks later after a year-long battle with cancer. So even though there was no information about this online, I figured that because the home show was so iconic and it was being broadcast on the state-owned network, surely this episode was going to be archived somewhere. My first port of call was Nga Taonga, which is New Zealand's film and television archive. I figured, surely, if the episode still exists, it's going to be floating around in their vault somewhere. So I pulled up their website, which is excellent, and looked up their digital catalogue. But all of the search terms that I tried, telecom, Christmas card, homes, any configuration of those three, there was nothing. No results. And I didn't even know when this happened. I knew it was before Christmas, but what date? I didn't even know what year this was. Navigating through that with such little information, it just seemed impenetrable. And so my search of Naotonga that day was a bust. But their website did say they were in a constant process of digitising and cataloguing all of their analogue material. Weeks passed, and every so often I fell into the routine of typing the words telecom, Christmas card, homes, into the Nautonga database, seeing if any results would come up. For the longest time, nothing did. Until one day. A day where I did find something. Year, 1993. Reference number, TZP138926. Television collection. Media type, moving image. Series, Homes. Transmission date, the 22nd of December 1993. Genre, television. Duration, 127. Production company, TVNZ. Description, telecom Christmas card of cottage seen by Dunedin artist Gray Dixon on closer inspection reveals the words telecom sucks and the clear communications logo. Jackpot. What was at first just a weird, hazy memory was now a verifiable fact. Information about this now exists online. It happened. I didn't know what I'd expected to feel about this, but I was excited. And I now had a date. Wednesday, the 22nd of December, 1993. Just a couple of days before Christmas... And as it happened, a little over a week before my 11th birthday. But that was not the most compelling lead. I also had the name of the original artist who painted this artwork. Gray Dixon. A man who, at least in 1993, was based in Dunedin. It wasn't a massive amount to go on, but it was something. 
Obviously, I did a quick Google search for the name Gray Dixon, and none of the results led to any Dunedin-based artists. The Natonga listing had a little button on it that said request to view a copy of this clip. And so I hit that button as hard as I could. And then I started waiting the four to six week processing period for it to arrive. Luckily, I had a family trip scheduled, which was going to keep my mind off of Paul Holmes, off of subversive Christmas cards, and off the slow-turning wheels of the film archive. How would you like to look five years younger? In a clinical study, people that had volume added with Juvederm Voluma XC in the cheeks perceived themselves as looking five years younger at six months after treatment. Look younger, feel like you. Add volume for lift and contour in the cheeks with Juvederm Voluma XC. Reverse signs of aging by adding volume to smooth laugh lines with Juvederm Volure XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. How would you like to look five years younger? In a clinical study, people that had volume added with Juvederm Voluma XC in the cheeks perceived themselves as looking five years younger at six months after treatment. Look younger, feel like you. Add volume for lift and contour in the cheeks with Juvederm Voluma XC. Reverse signs of aging by adding volume to smooth laugh lines with Juvederm Volure XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Welcome back. Before the break, we learned that the memories that we hold on to are often linked to our sense of identity. I wanted to know more about what happens to a memory like this over a long period of time. At a very cellular level, I think it's probably indisputable that memories tend to update, okay? How that process happens, I think there's good evidence for this process called reconsolidation. So you bring a memory to mind, think of this as a metaphor, you take it out of your brain, and now it's active. And now you have to put it back, right? So your brain has to put it back. So it has to go through another round of consolidation. And when it when that's happening, it's sweeping up everything that got attached to it when you were thinking about it, right? So when you brought it to mind, you have these new thoughts, new reactions, new images, new feelings, and they all get stuck to the memory. So it's not like now you have a second version of the memory. It's 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 the memory. It's it's updated. Uh, and you know, often you can't tell the difference between do this this thing now I can recall. Is that something I infuse the memory with down the track or mm-hmm. did that really happened at the time? It could have been that you had this false parts of this memory 
in the moment as you were when you saw that logo and went, whoa, and it's all coming back to me. And it mostly what we find is that those memories are either not really out of the blue, that you've remembered them and told other people about them, and you just forgot that you used to know them, right? That's kind of a weird, weird thing. And people are really surprised to learn that that's a reasonably common thing to do. Another thing that sometimes we discover is that the, this sudden rush of memory is just, it's, it's just not correct. It, it's just not true. Uh, so that's the way memory works. When you have a sudden rush of awareness, it doesn't mean it's more likely to be true or that it has been buried or that it was more consequential. It's, it, you know, who knows what it means? Memory is a weird, weird thing. Indeed it is. And I knew that I wasn't going to shake this memory until I got to see the Holmes clip again. Four and a half weeks later, an email landed in my inbox and I had it in my possession. A copy of the clip I'd seen all those years ago and for whatever reason had never forgotten. Watching this unfold in a small low resolution video window, the memory started to clarify for me. On the screen, Paul Holmes is leaning forward slightly as he sits in front of a backdrop depicting the Auckland skyline at dusk. Just quickly, what you're about to hear isn't the voice of Paul Holmes. While Na Tonga did give us temporary access to this clip, we aren't able to play it for you here. Instead, we've asked an actor to read a transcript. Now this is the prank of the year, and Savage it is too, you'll love this. This is 1993's best prank. Savage prank. Brilliant prank. The Telecom Christmas card. Now look at this. Look carefully. It should become a collector's item. His suit jacket sits over a crisp white shirt, and his red tie looks like it has a paisley pattern on it. His thick round glasses on his face, and his head is full of dark, slightly curly hair. On the surface looks like a lovely cottage scene in the forest. A bit of sky, perhaps a moon or a sun, a beach, whatever in the background. Done by Dunedin artist Gray Dixon. On the screen now is the image of the card. Perhaps it's the original painting. The lovely cottage scene with whatever in the background is square. There's a thick red border around it and it's set against dark green. It's quite different to the one in my memory. For one, the colour palette is a lot darker, but then perhaps I saw the world in brighter hues when I was a preteen. On closer inspection in the grass, you'll see the words, Telecom sucks. <laughs> Here we see a close-up detail of a section of painted grass. As Holmes says the words, Telecom sucks, the contrast levels increase, and the letters are highlighted with cutting-edge 1990s video technology. This is something I vividly remember from the original broadcast. And in another part of the card, you have to turn this upside down, I think, in another part of the card, look, the Clear Communications logo. And here's the Clear Communications logo with the same highlighted treatment. The hidden logo that reminded me of this whole incident. Oh, yes. But it's what Paul said next that I'd either missed when I saw it in 1993 or had forgotten about since. And it changed the whole trajectory of my investigation. The artist assures us none of this was on the card when he submitted it to Telecom, and he's mad about it. I guess Telecom are going to be mad too. I went into this journey assuming that I knew the story. I thought that this Grey Dixon fella, perhaps he was driven by some mad grudge against the company, or maybe 
an anarchic desire to spread a little bit of mischief. I figured that somehow he had tricked Telecom into spreading anti-Telecom rhetoric to all of its customers via a seasonal piece of marketing collateral. But as far as Paul Holmes was concerned, at least, that wasn't the case. Now you're updating, but that's not really your memory. I mean, it's your new memory. It's your updated memory, but it's not your original memory. So it's, you know, it's really interesting. And it's interesting to me that you, you know, because it's a personal memory, autobiographical memory, you have this response to it because it obviously is telling you something about your identity and, and all of that. Just, and this is what we do with our autobiographical memories. Whereas if I go to the if I go to New World and I leave without getting the milk like I was supposed to, particularly if I get five other things, it doesn't say anything about me. That's, you know, and I don't carry that around going, oh, I'm not going to start a podcast about why don't I go to New World and forget the milk. What was it about this whole story that I'd somehow incorporated into my identity? Did the idea of an artist doing something as subversive as sabotaging their own work appeal to me as a 10-year-old? Did I get the same amount of glee that Paul Holmes had to think about a big company like Telecom getting egg on their face? Whatever it was, it only raised more questions. If it wasn't the artist who defaced the painting, then who was it? And how did they do it? And perhaps more importantly, why? I'd started out this adventure by chasing a stupid memory, but now I'd uncovered a mystery. And this was a mystery I had basically no way to solve. But that wasn't going to stop me from trying. If I knew that tomorrow would be the last day that I On the next episode of Prank of the Year, clearly somebody thought the telecom sucked. It was a it was a monopoly and uh, refused to cooperate in, in any way. When Clear sought to interconnect, Telecom frustrated that. You did wonder whether it was actually just like selective culling. Prank of the Year is written and produced by Luke Watkinson and me, Craig Major. Thanks in this episode go to the team at Natonga Sound and Vision, Professor Marion Gary, and Ryan Wolf at Brevity Studios. Alexander Jones was the voice of Paul Holmes. Our opening theme song is Let Go by Kong Fui. Closing music is Cliché by Deluxe Boy. If you're enjoying the show, please share it with others and consider leaving a review on your podcast platform of choice. It really does help, and we appreciate it. Don't forget to subscribe so you don't miss future episodes. Do you know anything about the DeFace Telecom Christmas card? We'd love to hear from you. You can get in touch with us directly and anonymously by email at telecomsucks1993, or one word, at gmail.com. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. It streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app, you can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. 
Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with Code Program for a four-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's Stamps.com. Code Program.